this time that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, the hearing and understanding of those present would be acceptable in your sight now and forevermore. Amen. Well, last week we started talking about the the idea of uh, the Christian journey, um, how it is our responsibility to move forward. Um, but I didn't give a whole lot of information about how we do that. Um, but that's part of the journey is learning how to move. When we were small children, we didn't know how to walk, but we kind of expected, or at least our parents expected we would get to that point, and we did. We learn to walk. We learn to move forward. And there's, there's usually some stumbling involved on the way. One of the things I wanted to talk about is one of the ways of moving forward. Again, um, I'm reaching back into my own personal experience in a lot of these things because, well, that's what I know best. I was talking to another young man at the jail a while back. I've been on this, uh, um, I'm interested in getting more people to come to the church services. Um, it's kind of funny because in order to come to a church service at the chapel, you have to be registered with a religion. To get to the Catholic Mass, you have to be registered as a Catholic. To get to the Protestant services, you have to be registered as a Protestant. To get to the Muslim services, you have to be registered as a Muslim, so on and so forth. They only have a few other services of any other kind now and then during the year. But again, there are also specific resources that you can have access to, depending on what particular faith you are listed as. And I noticed that there was a large number of people who had their religions listed as unknown. Because what happens a lot of times when Somebody is coming into intake, they go through this big, long questionnaire, they get their birthday and family information and address and everything like that for the files. It Honestly, I think when they're doing this, a lot of times they get to the part of where it says religion and they just skip over it because I don't think they care. I don't think the guys who are filling out the forms care. So I've been going around from person to person in the jail trying to find out what their religion, what their religious preference is. And, you know, I'm finding out that more than half of the time they actually do have a religious preference and nobody bothered to ask. Although, quite honestly, sometimes they're not in a condition to answer that question. I understand that. But anyway, I'm in the process of getting that sorted out. Well, there was one young man I approached on the floor, and I said, hey, it says in your file that your religious preference is unknown. I was wondering if you wanted to correct that. He said to me, well, I don't really have a religion. You see... I'm a Christian, and that's not a religion, it's a relationship. 
Hello, welcome. It's okay. It's okay. Sure. So, so this young man tells me, I'm a Christian. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. And I said to him, well, I can't argue with you about that. But if we mark Christianity down as your religion, you can come to chapel service on Tuesday. He said, oh, sign me up for that. So we got that part straightened out for him. But it really got me to thinking about, what does that mean? It's a relationship. What does that really mean? Yeah, you've accepted Jesus Christ. That's right. But I, there's there's got to be more to it than that. I mean, if you if you look at Christianity compared to other religions, you look at the way people worship, the way people do their religious thing. And in most religions, it's mankind reaching up to God. Whereas in Christianity, God has reached down to us. Big difference. Big difference. I wanted to look at our... Uh, uh, scripture passage today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 13 through 15. You've probably heard this before, but I'm going to read it anyway. Greater love has no one than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I have, that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus calls us friends. That's a relationship. And hopefully we all have friends, or at least we've had friends but hopefully we have them. And if not, I suggest you go get one. They're really helpful, especially in these dark days. Well, Jesus says, you know, we're, we're used, I think, most of the time to hearing this particular passage. I think usually around Memorial Day is when they dust this one off. But it's really Jesus talking about himself going to the cross for us. You know, when we look at we look at this passage in terms of, of, of uh, veterans and, and in memoriam, the the idea of somebody somebody laying their life down for us, for their country, for their community, whatever. And and yes, that's wonderful. But it's Jesus laying down His life for us. Jesus being nailed to the cross for us. And He starts us off. He says, "Greater love has no one that that He get." than that he lay his life down for his friends. So we started off with being his friends. He initiated this. God reaches down to us and says, I want to be your friend. This is, this is the relationship. This is the relationship happening right here. And all we have to do is participate. The question is, are we doing that? 
And how do we do that? Again, over this past year, I've, I've had a lot of struggles in my faith, and I've, I've had a lot of struggles with a lot of things. Robin can confirm that I've been having some struggles. And I think this is one of the things I was missing. I mean, I've, I've heard this, that, that, you know, Jesus is our friend. What does that mean? What does that mean? Now, I don't have a lot of close relationships with a lot of people. I've only got like a maybe a small handful of people that if I if I really needed a cup of coffee and to talk to somebody, I've only got a small handful of people that I could really think I could call and get together with for a cup of coffee. That's that's the kind of thing that's the kind of person that's a friend, right? Somebody you can call up and have a cup of coffee with. Maybe I need to do that with God more often. Well, maybe I can drink enough coffee for the both of us. That's okay. But you, 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 you get what I'm saying. There's this, this sitting down and talking. Well, certainly, certainly I pray a lot, um, particularly in my job. I have learned every time I, every time I turn around to do something else, I need to pray. I need to take a minute and pray, because otherwise I'm a mess. But you know, there's a lot to prayer. There's more to prayer than just turning to God and saying, gimme, 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 right? There's listening. And I've started spending more time doing that. Just listening. Just listening. It's one of the psalms. I, this is the reason I should take notes and things when I'm, when I'm preaching. Is One of the psalms they say is, is uh, be still and know that I am God. It's important for us sometimes to just be still, to relax. Somebody pointed out to me not too long ago, there are several incidences reported in the Bible of Jesus taking naps. So, hey, this is an important thing. It's important to take a nap now and then. Naps are a holy thing. I love, I love naps. But just taking this time to sit and listen, to be quiet, you know, not not have music in the background, not have the not have the TV on, just quiet. Having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or lemonade or whatever it is you share with God. Now certainly I spend a lot of time saying, God, gimme, 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 gimme. Because we have need. But I've spent more of this time in quiet. 
more of this time listening. More time in his word. You know, that's a good way we can sit and listen to God. He, he, he spent thousands of years having people write this book for him. This is, we as Christians regard this as being God's word. Right? I hope we do. He speaks to us through this. Sometimes in different ways. The same story can say different things to us at different times in our lives. Um, my favorite example of this, I think, is the story of the prodigal. I couldn't tell you how many times I've read that. We all know that story. The young man takes his inheritance and he leaves home and he comes squanders it all and he comes back and his father welcomes him home with open arms. We all know this story. There's a lot more detail to it than I just shared with you there. That's a very cursory version of it. But as you look at the details in the story, it can say different things to you and you can understand different things depending on what the circumstances are going on in your life right now. And it seems like just about every time I read that story, another detail kind of pricks my attention. As it is with other stories in the Bible. It was a couple of years ago was the last time that we did our, uh, last time we, we did the uh, Read the Bible Through in a Year. Robin and I did that together. It was a lot of fun. We actually made it last time. I think because we held each other accountable and we sat down and we read it to each other. That was a big help. I've probably tried five or six times in my life and not succeeded. Just reading cover to cover. But I'm pretty sure that for one reason or another, I have read the Bible through, read all of it, but reading it through like that, there's stories in there I don't remember ever seeing before. I'm sure I've read them, but I don't remember them. New stories speaking to me in different ways. Maybe, maybe it's just that this is the time I need to hear that story. Because this is what God has to tell me today. This is the thing I need to hear today. He speaks to us also in the stillness of our hearts sometimes. Not, not a voice. Oh, I would love to hear the voice of God telling me things. I remember once I used to be the... Uh, uh, Constable of elections over in Franklin Park, which meant that on election day I had to stand there and keep the peace. This was this was this was before things got nasty politically. But I remember standing there. Our, our polling place is the uh, little Anglican church, or, no, Episcopal church down in Franklin Park, St. Brendan's, I think it is. And I remember I was just kind of standing there, and the, the priest came up to me and said, wouldn't it be great if God just came down here and told us what to do? I said, I'm pretty sure he did. But I, I get the sentiment. I get the sentiment he, say, he was saying now as, as to, like, you know, 
maybe specifically in certain circumstances, it would be so nice to just hear a clear voice and know that it was God speaking in your ear, telling you to do this thing or to do that thing. And I know there are people who hear that. I, I have had great sensations before of God telling me that I just, I just knew it was God telling me to do a specific thing. And you know what? I didn't always do it. Even when you hear God specifically tell you to do a thing, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. I had a friend who had a story of, uh, similar where uh, she was she was walking through town. We worked together at the bank at the time, and uh, there was a homeless man sitting on the street corner with his sign saying, you know, please help me out. I'm hungry. I need food. I need money. And she very, she said she very clearly heard God tell her to give that man $5. So she reached into her purse and she found a $20 bill. There was a $5 bill and a $20 bill. She said, you know what? I'm going to give that man 20. Well, God told her to give, her, give him five. And she didn't have enough money for groceries at the end of the day. I think maybe that's a better way to not listen to God rather than God say, do this thing, and you say, no. I, I, I think it's probably easier to recover <laughs> from doing more than God asks you to do. But anyway, even then, Sometimes we don't listen to those details. But so clearly as Christians, we, we know, don't we, that we're supposed to love one another. Hopefully you don't need the voice of God to remind you that because you know, hopefully you, you listen to me tell you that every week or you listen to somebody else tell you that every week or you know, you know it, don't you? But again... It's not always easy. It's sometimes hard. But this is the relationship I think we're talking about, is spending this time in the presence of God. Now, it's certainly easy to, to experience the presence of God in church, isn't it? When we're sitting here, we're singing the hymns, and we're praying, and, and we, we, we feel the presence of God. And there are, there are, sometimes we'll feel it a little bit better than other times. We have this, this wonderful minister who's been coming into the jail uh, to do services, and I love just sitting there listening to him do the services. He is, he is the complete opposite of me. This lovely little guy who he, he, he gets up there and he's standing in front of about a dozen or so prisoners and says, everybody get up and start clapping your hands. And he just has them stand there clapping their hands for five minutes, giving thanks to the Lord by clapping their hands. And then they, they sing. He's got a lovely singing voice just like I don't, and 
they're clapping and they're singing and and he's a Baptist preacher and I'm a Baptist preacher, but his Baptist church is way different from the Baptist church I go to. Singing and lively and and last week he did a little dance. And you know I'm not doing that unless God tells me to very clearly with the words in my head. But just this outpouring of love, this relationship, and, and you could feel the presence of God, even in the jail, in the gym, in the jail, you could feel the presence of God. And when you're out in the cell blocks, you're probably not feeling that. That's why anytime I'm praying with a prisoner, I pray that they will feel the presence of God and know that he is with them because we, we know God's with us all the time, right? We know this. We know this. We know there's, again, there's another psalm. There's no place we can go to escape God. No place we can go to get away from him. And why would we want to? We spend so much time looking for that experience, for that presence and sometimes we ignore it. But again, he's our friend. We should never ignore that. We should never turn our backs on that relationship. And I think that really helps us to move forward. Because again, there's the relationship. We talk about we talk about our Christianity sometimes in terms of being a not just a walk, but a walk with Christ. And as we are walking with Him, we're moving forward. We're going somewhere. Hopefully, we're not. You know, the word Christian means follower of Christ. Hopefully, we're not following too far behind. Hopefully we're walking with him. Because again, we've got that relationship. And it's up to us to keep that. He started it. He said he was our friend first, and it's up to us to keep that friendship going. See, a lot of times folks will leave church on Sunday and they won't even think about God again until next Sunday when it's time to get up and it's like, oh, I have to go to church again. (laughs) And they've spent the whole week in the presence of God and not even noticed. We've got the opportunity to do that and just be there all the time. We can have that experience. I think that's a big thing that we miss out on a lot of times in our relationship with God is the experience. Not just looking back at the things we've done with God, because certainly we can look back at all these things and we can be thankful and we can uh, give our testimonies and tell our stories and everything like that, but we need this experience right now. That's how we keep the relationship 
good and how we keep the relationship going and how we remain friends. Amen. This program has been copyrighted under the Creative Commons Attributes Non-Commercial Share-Alike License. If you would like to contact Colin, please feel free to email colinroberts412 at gmail.com. this service is over, your service may now begin. As we go from this place, let us go not forgetting that God is with us. And it is my prayer that as his hands are upon you, you will feel him there, wherever you may go. Amen. <laughs>